And what's up, everybody? It's your good friend Jimbo back again. After a two-week layoff, uh, well, these past two weeks. But uh, we're back. Well, I'm back this week. Hopefully, uh, shoulders will be back tomorrow or Saturday. Um, I was gone away because uh, I kind of got married this past weekend in the nice 98-degree weather that the heat index was like 108 and sweating our asses off. But we... We were troopers out there. Our good friend King was part of my uh, wedding, and uh, poor guy. I mean, really thought he was gonna pass out a couple times, but he he toughed it out, and he was a he was a trooper. But that's kind of why we why we didn't do a show the past two weeks. I was I know the last time we had a show, I said about trying to do a uh, a best of, but just just a hectic week to try to get everything done, but. We're back. We're going to be able to put more time towards the show and make it better and better each week for you guys. Before we uh, jump into the show, uh, do me a favor. Head over to Twitter. Follow the show at ST Sports Podcast. Follow my personal account at Jimbo ST Sports. Head over to Facebook. Like and share our page. Head over to YouTube. You can like and share our, uh, our YouTube channel there. And... Uh, Every show that we have always ends up on there, so if you don't want to listen to us on iTunes or TuneIn or Google Play, wherever you find us, just head over there. Put on a PlayStation or whatever you want to do, and you can listen to us. But uh, So, kicking off the show, uh, it just came out earlier today, um, a second boxer actually passed away uh, this week from this past weekend's fights that were on. And it's starting to spark some debate of how can boxing stop this? Uh, now today, Argentina boxer Hugo Santillan, and that's the sad part, is he was 23, passed away uh, due to injuries he sustained from this past Saturday's fight. And then earlier this week, Russian boxer Maxim Dadishev died uh, Tuesday from similar injuries and you know I've seen a couple people say you know maybe one route that the boxing could go is uh, training the officials a little bit better of telltale signs of you know this guy's taking too much damage we gotta stop this type thing um, as far as the Russian boxer that passed away on Tuesday video came out of his coach pleading with him after the one round saying I gotta call this fight you're taking too much damage and you know you could train these officials all you want but when it comes to brain damage I mean some of these these fighters don't pass away till days after and they, they they seem fine up until those that last day um you know if you if you guys follow Chris Lieben in his UFC days, I mean, there was a lot of fights that he looked out on his feet, and I mean, he's still he's still fighting with uh, bare knuckle boxing now. So I'm sure there's there's got to be a way to figure this all out and stop the the these boxers from pushing themselves too far to the, the point of of death. Uh, it just seems like there's a lot more 
boxers dying nowadays due to fights. And I know a couple of a uh, couple times, me and Shoulders talked about you know comparing boxing to bare knuckle. Why is bare knuckle a little more safer than boxing? And if you really, you know, I was thinking about today. If you if you think about it, with boxing, you have heavier gloves, which are thicker compared to mixed martial arts gloves. So they're throwing more power into them. Now, yes, there's more padding, but it's still hitting you as hard. And then when you drop it all the way down to bare knuckle, they're only throwing up, you know, the, the, the smart ones that don't break their knuckles or wrists, they're only throwing like 50% power. And, you know, as of now, there's been no deaths for, uh, from bare knuckle since it came back. Um, it's, it's the safer of the three sports. Uh, it's, it's, it's a shame that we don't know how to, how to fix this problem. Now, you, you know, you could do all the science, uh, tests or experiments that you want, but at some point, you know, we, we, we gotta figure this out. So... To the two boxers, uh, families, and friends, we offer the, the condolences to you guys. And hopefully something changes sooner rather than later so that this can't stop. Now, like I, I always say, I don't like to start off the, the episode with like a, a sad story, but here's actually a, a good story, a pretty cool story. Anderson Silva officially became a U.S. citizen this past week. Um, it's been known that he's been trying to get his U.S. citizenship for the past 10 years. And on Tuesday at the Los Angeles Convention Center with, I think they said about 8,000 more um, U.S. citizens, they were sworn in. Um and on top of that, the other cool thing about it was it, was, it wasn't just him that got sworn in. It was also his son, Khalil, and his daughter, uh, Kori. Uh, son's 20, his uh, daughter's 23. They, the whole family sang the national anthem, recited every word of it, with his hand over his heart. And, you know, if you watch Silva fight, Obviously, he's very respected in Brazil. He's a he's he respects Brazil a lot. But he even came out and said that uh, you know Brazil gave him a lot, but he feels U.S. is his country now, and it's time for him to give back what it gave to him. Um, he still has his mom and his brothers in Brazil, and you know who knows? Maybe they will follow his steps and he'll bring them over and uh, get them U.S. citizenship. But it's, you know, I know when I first started getting into UFC following and stuff like that, I never really liked Silva because of the whole cockiness and everything like that. But it seemed like ever since the Chris Weidman loss, kind of humbled a little bit. And I became more of a fan of his, rooting for him. And plus, you know, he's older now. You always want to root for the old guy. Uh... To always come out on top and what better way to come out on top than finally earning your u.s citizenship and i'll give him credit too i mean his english ain't that bad either 
still a little broken, but I mean, come on, you you only really been learning it for about ten years now, and you know it's it's pretty cool. Um, and so he, he's living in Los Angeles now with his uh his children. Um, I'll post the story uh on the the Stay Tuned Sports uh, Facebook page. That way you guys can read because there's a lot of good quotes in there from Silva and um, his family, you know, saying how they're very happy to finally be Americans after all these these years of going through with it. And kudos to them for also not giving up on it. You know, just 10 years is a long time to keep on trying to, to get the citizenship and stuff like that. But, you know, congrats to you. Anderson Silva, it, it's a it's a honor to have you as a U.S. citizen. Knowing how respectful you are towards people and and the sport, and hope good things keep coming to you. One thing, one good thing that happened that I was hoping to happen uh, a couple weeks ago on Dana White's Contender Series. Brendan Logan, uh, it's probably not Logan, Lognane, um, dominate, was dominating his, his fight. And the last 10 seconds of the, the fight, he went in for a takedown and really basically turned off Dana White on him. Um, Dana White came out and said that, you know, why would you do that with 10 seconds left? You're dominating the fight. This, that, the other thing. And he didn't offer the contract. Well, it came out this past week that Brendan signed a exclusive deal with PFL, which I believe airs on ESPN. He's going to enter their tournament, I believe, uh, later this year, but he's actually going to be debuting this October. Just as a... uh, I guess, in a way, a warm-up fight. Um, and here, here's the thing, too. Like, you know, I, when I saw about the headlines last month that uh, UFC didn't offer him a contract, this and that, I was curious to see what his record is. He's actually 17-3. and three. And this is why, like, Dana White really gets on my nerves sometimes with, with this type of stuff. You're... To me, you're having this contender series to find new prospects to bring in so that when Anderson Silva retires or BJ Penn, whenever he decides to retire, that you have more prospects coming in that are are good talent that you're not going to take a a step back in talent. And all because he went for a takedown last 10 seconds with a 17-3 record dominating that fight. You're not going to sign a dude? I, I really hope this kid goes on undefeated in this PFL. Cause the, the tournaments are like a million dollar tournaments. And I still hope like Bellator signs him and, and builds builds him up. Because he already has a good following from my understanding. From, you know, from reading um, the article on ESPN. He's considered one of the best English fighters. As the loyal following back in Manchester. 
last fighter that I could remember that was like that was Michael Bisping. And he became champion. I mean, granted, it was later in his career, but it took some time for him to figure out how to put it all together. But it sounds like this kid has it already put together at 17 and 3. And you're not, and you're not going to give him a, a contract or even just a early um, fight pass, you know, prelim like like what PFL did here, just a one fight contract. No, you just go, you just want to stomp off and make the headlines so that more people watch your your series. More about ratings because Ultimate Fighter has has died the past seven years. You know. And speaking of Dana, um, he came out today too also talking about the whole John Jones incident that is going on right now. So kind of leading into that story, um, (laughs) Mr. John Jones is back in the news and being charged with battery stemming to a incident back in April at a strip club uh, reports are that he was there with his brothers Andrew or uh, Arthur and Chandler who are NFL football players veterans and he's being accused of slapping a cocktail waitress in her private area pulling her down to his lap and kissing her neck as well as putting her in a chokehold and picking her up off the ground even though she told him, basically stop, don't do that. And he kept doing it. Like, he 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 thinks he's above the law. And just when I thought, maybe he's turned a corner because he went, what, two fights? Without having any drug incidences or... Um, breaking the law or anything like that he goes and has this now Dana White came out today and someone asked him about all these instances and he's like basically with all these by this point in Jones's career Dana White is numb to all these incidences then fire him why are you keeping him on the roster I understand he's one of your bigger pay-per-view sellers. Conor McGregor is one of your bigger pay-per-view sellers. Why do you keep these guys on your roster when you know their pattern of behavior is going to keep going on? You know, I just I wrote an article this past week on BellyUpSports.com about the the consistency of punishments from UFC. They're right up there with the NFL. You know, two weeks ago, Tyreek Hill didn't get suspended for uh, the audio that came out. Supposedly him beating his uh, his son to the point that he ended up getting a broken arm. There's audio out there that he says to his girlfriend, the mother of his child, you should be afraid of me just like him. But yet... Jimmy Smith of the Ravens basically did the same thing and gets suspended for four games a couple years ago. Ezekiel Elliott, video out there. Granted, it was more of a, a, a push than like him hitting him, but he can't, he said around the video, 
you have something to say in an aggressive voice like he wanted to fight does not get suspended there has to be some type of consistency when it comes to domestic violence or you know assault cases whether it's against children against women against men something's gotta give if you don't want this black cloud this dark cloud over the UFC it's about time Dana White and UFC steps up and and wakes these guys up fired them because they're gonna keep doing it Conor McGregor threw a dolly through a, a bus Injuring two fighters that ended up getting put off that car that, that that weekend because of injuries from that. And that loss was still going on between um, the one fighter and Connor, I believe. I mean, something's got to get done. I mean, you know, going back to this John Jones thing, just to give you an example of how this situation escalated. The, the woman, per the, the criminal summons, told police, I just don't want to deal with this person. I think he is an effing piece of shit. The whole situation is complicated, and I'm not really sure what to say. And this person gets away with everything. And he does. The girl told him no, because he was asking for a lap dance from her. And according to her, cocktail waitresses cannot give lap dances According to uh, the, the policy, the, the worker's policy. So she told you no. Why keep doing it? If you want a lap dance that bad, you call the stripper over. On top of that, why are you even at a strip club? You just make no sense. You, you, you make one good decision and then you make three bad decisions. Jones does. And it's a shame because... A lot of people out there still think he's the greatest of all time. I still have my... I want, well, I want to say doubts now. Because his past two fights weren't overwhelming. And these past two fights, he hasn't tested positive for any PEDs. But when he was dominant, he tested positive for steroids. So how just good are you? But as far as the story, it doesn't matter how good you are. When a woman tells you no, or when a woman tells you stop, you apologize, and you say, I'm sorry, and you walk away. Stop being a jackass. I'm just hoping this is the final straw where UFC finally says, enough's enough, John. Sorry. We got to go our separate ways. But just like John Jones's pattern of behavior, I'm pretty sure UFC will keep him around just so he's he's the bad guy and he sells a lot more pay-per-views because he wants to fight. Uh, I think I saw he, he came out and said he wants to fight in October or something like that, but You know, I also brought up about Greg Hardy in my article with his past. 
NFL, the teams, not Goodell, NFL finally said they had enough. I mean, he had the domestic um, assault dropped because his girlfriend at the time didn't want to cooperate, so they had no evidence, even though they had pictures of, of guns all over the place. And originally she said that he got... Uh, he threw her through furniture and stuff like that. Now, he's been in the UFC since, I believe, January. Has kept his nose clean. We'll see how it keeps going. You know, everybody does mess up. I, I'm not saying one and you're done. But as far as Jones goes, I mean, come on, man. Since 2012, like every year, there's like two or three different incidences he's involved with outside of fighting. Enough's enough. That's my little rant on Mr. John Jones. And I'll probably bring that to uh, to shoulders tomorrow and see how he feels, what, what he thinks UFC should do about it all as well. Because, you know, if you guys listen to us talk about the Tyreek Hill, the, the Zeke Elliott, all those um, stories that come out, you could... You could you know that it really fires shoulders up and we really get completely honest what, what should get done for these guys, these these scumbags. But this weekend, we have UFC 240 coming up. Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar. The card, yeah, I mean, it looks okay. Um, I, I know UFC's been putting some really good cards on lately. But this one may be, you know, kind of like a step back. Let's, let's take a step back and breathe for once and get back into it. But just to run down the, the fight card, we have Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar for the 145 belt. Chris Cyborg versus Felicia Spencer for, well, no belts because Cyborg don't have it no more. She got her ass kicked by Nunez. Then we have Jeff Neal versus Nico Price. Then we have Uben Mercer versus Armin Sarukhan. That's a 155-pound bout. Then we have Christoph Jocko versus Barulut at 185. That one kicks off the main card. Um, since I've been getting back into UFC these past few months, I some of these names are starting to stick with me now. And I'll tell you what, with the Christoph Jocko versus Barulut, I'm going with uh, Jocko. Uh, he fought just a few months ago. Very impressive to me. I liked how I liked his stand up. Um, so I'm gonna go with him for for the win. It may go to decision, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a a knockout in third round. Then after him, after that fight, we have Abin Mercer. Versus Arman Sarukhan. Again, it's the 155s. I love the small guys. I, I think they're sometimes more entertaining than the heavyweights or the light heavyweights where you're looking for the knockouts. They're just so quick. And they do have some power in them. So with this fight, I'm going to go with Sarukhan uh, with a, a submission win. Um... We'll, we'll go with the second round. 
Then after that fight, we have Jeff Neal versus Nico Price. I know a lot of people are jumping on this Nico Price bandwagon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Jeff Neal. Um, I think I've seen Nico fight once or twice since I got back into it. Um, and I'm not putting him down. I just, you know, going for an upset here. Then after that, this fight here, this this is an interesting fight. Chris Cyborg versus Felicia Spencer. This could end very badly for Cyborg because she's constantly talking about the Amanda Nunez rematch. Dana White saying that she doesn't want it. But here's the thing. This is the last fight on her contract. If she loses... I think she loses a lot of um, leverage for a new contract with whoever she decides to sign with. Just because that would be back-to-back losses. She's a little older now, you know, for the, for the fight game. And Felicia Spencer is an underdog on top of that. And I'll give Spencer credit. Someone asked her that um, if she beats Cyborg, does does she think that she deserves a title shot? And she said she's not worried about that right now. Cyborg, she's talking about Manny Nunez. And that's why I don't understand about some fighters. You know, why don't you take it one fight at a time? Don't worry about what the next step is. Get through the first step, then worry about what's next. Now, if Cyborg wins this, I think she would have all the leverage for UFC for a new contract because then it would set up a rematch with Amanda Nunez. Because really there's no one left for Nunez to fight. The rematch makes sense, but not if Cyborg loses. Now with that all being said, not saying Nunez's win was a fluke, because I mean she her her stand-up game is very good. And Cyborg came in head down and all. I think Cyborg pulls out this win. I think it's gonna be Cyborg, like an old Cyborg fight. First round knockout. I'm hoping that the Nunez loss kind of re-sparks that uh that fire in her. So I'm gonna go with Chris Cyborg with the, the win. Then with the main event, we have Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar. It's not that I don't like Edgar. I just don't understand why he's getting all these title shots. It seems like he, he fights one, loses, fights again, wins. Up, oh, you got a title shot. Max Holloway, very good fighter. He put a hell of a fight on against Dustin Poirier uh, a couple months ago. I mean, he's, he's he's on top right now. You know, he, he seems like he finally has all everything put together of how to pull out these wins against different opponents. And I'm sorry, but I gotta go with him. I I could see I could see this being a good fight, though. I could see this going five rounds and being a war. But I just can't see how Edgar pulls it out. You know, overall, I, I think the pay-per-view will be like a, a C plus, a B. But you never know. 
I could be wrong, and it could be an A+. So that's going to be it for this week. Like I said, uh, we'll be back tomorrow or Saturday with Shoulders and myself. Got lots to talk about, a lot of catching up to do in the NFL, hockey, basketball, stuff like that. Yet yeah, we had uh, the training camps opening up this week, so we're going to talk a lot, a lot more football, I think. But before I go, head over to Twitter, follow the show at ST Sports Podcast. Follow my personal one at ST Sports. I'm sorry, Jimbo ST Sports. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, all those. Head over to YouTube and Facebook, like and share us. Subscribe to them. Till next time, it's your good friend Jimbo signing out.